This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, the last thing or a couple of things about Ryan Poles and what he had to say to the media. Because we are evaluating one of the positions at defensive tackle, one of the possibilities at the top of what well, I yeah. think Bears list, uh, defensive tackle, Jalen Carter who is a guy that, um, to me, could be uh, the best defensive player in the draft. Some people have him as the best overall player on their draft board. But it was interesting for me to hear Ryan Poles describe what he's looking for in every defensive tackle. Yeah, I'll go back to coaches, his principle, um, guys that play the way that we're looking for, um, violence, length, um, tenacity. That's what we're looking for. Guys that can get after the quarterback, but also play the run as well and be disruptive. Violence, length, tenacity. Tenacity, yep. Uh, that, that, that doesn't make a real tidy acronym, but it's easy to remember. Violence, length, and tenacity, VLT. Well, and then we got a, a chance to ask Matt Eberflus later in the day what he prioritizes in defensive linemen. He said big, long, and fast. So those are uh, other tr- other traits that that, that that he's looking to to add there. I, I, I mean, Bills. Jaylen, from Bills. <laughs> from from a from a football standpoint, when you see the highlight reel of Jalen Carter, you're like, whoa. Right. Like this is next level quickness, agility, power, explosion. It's all there. Now you hear from pockets in the league that there's some questions about maturity and and, you know, the label high maintenance was used to me uh, recently that, that you have to be aware of that if you're going to roll those dice. Now, listen, talent often speaks louder than all those things. And somebody's going to to roll those dice and, and try to, to, to make the best of the situation. That dude's tape. At its best, especially the highlight parts of the tape, is it, 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 it is almost flawless, right? When you look at at how much of a game wrecker he can be when he's on. Uh, I mentioned Daniel Jeremiah earlier. He said it's like almost that, that he can teleport between gaps because all of a sudden you look and you're like, how did he get from here to there in that in that amount of time? So it's really impressive stuff. I don't know that there's a player in this draft, and I include Will Anderson in this mix because I think he would probably be closely behind, but I don't know if there's anybody that you watch – uh, highlights and you watch games from the past season that is any more impressive than Jalen Carter as a prospect because of the amount of things he can do. Yeah, there are these concerns, the character concerns that came out during the college football playoff and some of the other things that you hear as residue from that conversation, but I'm not sure how accurate or fair they are because I just don't know what the basis is. And it just reminds me, Dan, I mean, going way back, it's, you know, the comp on the field is Tommy Harris the Bears in 2004 took him 14th overall, and he was a great pick. But you heard some of those concerns why Tommy Harris dropped into the teens because he was a young 
uh, defensive tackle, didn't play full time at Oklahoma, but he also was a guy that maybe did. I don't want to say he was immature. He was playful. He was a young 21 when he came into the league, I believe. And you know what? That was a great pick for the Bears. He came into injuries or else he would have been. Right. Uh, I mean, the, the difference maker on a, on, a, on a team that went to the Super Bowl, you know, and, and had, yeah. had he not been hurt, you know, there's a lot of people that think if Mike Brown and Tommy Harris are healthy, that the Bears have a second Lombardi trophy in that in that lobby at Hallis Hall. And if you're if you're drafting that guy in Jalen Carter or a version of that guy, then I, I think you want to move no deeper or lower in the draft to where you you can't do that. So I think that's why mentally I have a hard time seeing the Bears go lower than fourth because if he's still possibly there, that maybe you even miss on him if you're at four. But I, I think he's the one guy that you look at and say he can change our defense for years to come. Yeah, uh, and their defense needs changing. One of the stats that I revisited that I know we talked about as the, the 2022 season was circling the drain uh, or however you wanted to view it is that the Bears were last in the league in sacks in 2022 and they were 31st in run defense. On the offensive side of the ball, they were dead last in passing offense and uh, 29th in sacks allowed. So they couldn't rush the passer, stop the run, throw the football or protect the quarterback, which are three or four monumental things that you have to do to have success in this league. And I think that's where like people around the league right now, it's been pretty consistent this week on being like really fascinated on what the bears are going to do, but also very realistic on like who they are now, which is a terrible football team with a lot of holes to fill on that depth chart. And so you kind of have to weigh both of those things on the same scale because you, you can't just dismiss the idea that they got those uh, 14 losses because they were really bad at a lot of the fundamental yeah. things that you have to do well in football. Think of it this way as a uh, early spring, late winter comp quarterbacks that played the bears had more time to throw than major league pitchers with the pitch clock. Okay. Yeah. That's pretty much, they sat back there and they didn't feel rushed at all. They felt very comfortable and they found the receivers. Okay. A couple little things uh, before we move on. Matty Refluce spoke. How would you generally describe what he had to say? Um, and Ryan Poles, before we leave his conversation, talked about Eddie Jackson and Ian Cunningham, his assistant general manager. Yeah, I think there's some um, optimism within the building on, on where Eddie's at and his recovery from the Liz Frank injury that he suffered in his left foot. Didn't need surgery on that. I think the Bears feel really good about keeping him in the mix. Now, Ryan did kind of leave the door open by saying, look, like all our players, we're going to evaluate on a year-by-year -year basis. We're looking to see him get into training camp and figure out where he's at and go from there. But I think the, the goal is to preserve continuity in the back end, that if you've got Brisker and Eddie Jackson on the back end, if you've got Jalen Johnson and Kyler Gordon making developmental strides at corner, now, all of a sudden, you've got a secondary that, that's got some pieces. And if you can help them by adding defensive front guys that, that make their jobs easier, now you've got the recipe for something going forward. As Ian Cunningham is uh, involved in all this, obviously, the Bears were able to keep him for a second season here. I think that, that Ryan is very, very um, excited about having that sounding board, having that bond, having that trust with a guy that is, has been his right-hand man really since the, the first month he was on the job. Um, and so there's some excitement about his involvement in these processes because, again, like Ryan Poles is going to be one of the busiest men in the NFL over the next 60 days. And to have somebody take some of that workload and be able to communicate with you clearly, uh, it's, a, it's a great asset to have. Do you think the Bears are in the market for a backup quarterback? I know the situation with Trevor Simeon is there's a commitment. I think he's under contract. He did get injured. And maybe if you have an opportunity to upgrade, I just wonder, are they monitoring 
number one, quarterbacks who might be draftable or number two, free agents who might be out there after getting cut, Marcus Mariota, or somebody like that, would that make any sense for the Bears to consider as a backup to Justin Fields, who you have to expect throughout the course of a 17-game season is going to maybe expose himself to injury? Well, right. Like he's missed seven games in his first two seasons, missed seven starts. And so you have to obviously know what your number two quarterback is going to look like and what you value there. I think Justin has probably crossed the bridge where he doesn't need his hand held as much, uh, particularly in the second year of a system under Luke Getze by a veteran who can help steer him through some of the, the week by week processes and help keep him grounded. And so eventually you may have to ask a question on like, do you draft a, you know, day three guy? Do you find somebody that has a similar skill set to Justin so that if he does miss games you know the the um or if if you go into a week and you're not sure if he's going to play the offensive game plan can be similar right and you don't have to to, to, to totally retool everything um yeah definitely going to be interesting to see where they go in that direction i don't think it's on the front burner for them uh they have so many other needs offensive line defensive line linebackers every every position on the roster but certainly something to keep tabs on uh, as they go forward Simeon, he's under contract. He's one more year, right? Back and he's going to be healthy. Is that wasn't a serious injury, was it? This kind of well, he needed surgery for the obliques here. So, um, you know, there should be a recovery process that's normal on that. But yeah, that wasn't the the ideal way for for Trevor Simeon's first season as a Bear to go. And Matty Refluse, in his uh, limited remarks to the media, I, I don't think he said a ton. But did he talk about Luke Steckel? Were they able to? Uh, discuss the assistant offensive line coach that they added from the Titans staff. So they did not discuss that today, and that's a, a notable addition to the coaching staff. I think one of the things that was interesting from Matt today, you know, there's there's been an increasing number of staffs. I think this year it's five coaching staffs from around the NFL that aren't here in Indianapolis. Their organizations have decided, and their front offices have decided that they're better off doing their homework back at home and not wasting their time at the combine. Well, the Matt was very emphatic in saying, look, we've got a lot at stake this off season. I really feel a value in sitting down with these prospects and having eye to eye conversations and feeling out their love for the game and understanding whether they're going to be a fit in the hits principle and felt like this is a, a big week for this coaching staff to continue their information gathering process. And so he was very, very emphatic on, yeah, we're going to be here and we're going to do the work here. That's uh, here to be done. And hopefully uh, particularly in an off season like this, where you've got all these holes to fill and all, all these resources to do it with you make some good decisions because you have more information so i didn't get the sense from hearing from either ryan poles and then again from matt Eberflus who talked again about the intangibles he, i didn't think he mentioned the 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 things about the the will to win and and ryan poles talked about you know the hits principle it doesn't sound like the rhetoric is going to be any less amplified just because we're in season two in fact it might just be reinforced no, you're right on that. Um, and and like, th- there's a desire for Matt, I think, to 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 kind of show results to, to everything that they implemented last year. I think there's a frustration internally that they they talked up this whole foundation and this hits principle, and yet you go through every statistical category and you go, so what? You know, like that's the outside view of it to some extent. And so now you've got to figure out a way to to, to marry those things together where you have a, a, a strong foundation, but it's also complemented with talent that then gets results. Any good indie area downtown sightings? And I don't mean bigs at the Starbucks. <laughs> yeah, the, I mean, Brad's got his spot, right? Like we've joked for years that there's going to be a statue of Brad outside the Starbucks at the JW when all is said and done. Uh, went cigar to dinner- or no cigar? 
No, he saves a cigar for the cigar bar down the block here. Went to dinner with Dion Miller, friend of the podcast, on Monday night and um, wound up sitting down the bar from Mike McDaniel. Uh, small, little guy. <laughs> when he's walking around, you don't look and go, oh, NFL coach. You know, he's like five. I don't even know how tall he is. Five, seven, five, short, carrying around a smooth leather white backpack. And he just kind of unassuming look. And then you're like, holy crap, that's the coach of the, the Miami Dolphins. Nice young towers over Mike McDaniel. There you go. Right. And, and so Mike McDaniel said at the end of the bar, he was speaking with someone I didn't recognize. And he just had a Mountain Dew that he brought with and he didn't have anything there. And he had apologized to the bartender for not uh not having a drink while he sat at the bar for an hour. So that, that those are the type, types of things you see in Indy. Um, there was some chatter, David. It's Tuesday right now, Tuesday evening. Bar- Butler plays Marquette at Hinkle Fieldhouse. Potential of, of making a stop over there. It's just a matter on whether we can get um, a group together that wants to do it. Full friend of the podcast, Rich Campbell, was supposed to make a sighting in Indianapolis, but he is OUT out illness parentheses for the week so so we've <laughs> well, lost you a, rich you get a chance to go to hinkle if you've never been you want to i've make been I've been, I've been once and it was awesome and that's why we were thinking about going back and just getting away from the the buzz because it's always cool to be inside that building 